This week on True Me brings you Kevin and Diana. They don't have an agenda. They just want to talk about your biggest, baddest secret. Hey, what's up? You're joining me, Kevin and Diana, on Shumi again this week on IceKachang.com.my. Something really exciting is happening this week. If you are into watching theater shows, but we're gonna kind of segue into that because right now we do have a guest in the studio, and we would like to ask him about bullying issues. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Dinesha. Hey, thank you for having me. See how we have to clap. Everybody will have to. Clap because we cannot afford sound effects. Oh my episode. god, serious? <laughs> yeah, I was just wondering, like, how come every time everybody claps? Yeah, because <laughs> we blew our budget on uh, on on Diana's tr- uh, what do you call this? A trench coat. Today. Hey, come on, ah, uh. <laughs> don't lah. Yeah, but trench coats them stylish, right? Hey, secondhand, so. okay, please and thank you very much. But thank you so much for being here, Dinesha. Thank you for me, yeah. And um, you know, before we go into talking about the play and mm-hmm. the theater that you're working on, uh, that's coming up very very soon. When was that? It's it opens on the second of November. Ah, fantastic. So you Since this week, yeah. Yep. Perfect. And you want to first talk about your experience mm-hmm. as a queer man. Yeah. You identify as a queer man. Yes, I do. Before we started this, I was asking him why he chose uh, queer instead mm. of all the other alphabets, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, right? Yep. Uh, what would be your answer to that? Um, so queer to me feels a little bit more... Um, Sort of like if you're looking at the universe, queer mm. feels like a universe. Whereas to use something like gay or lesbian feels like you're choosing a planet. Okay. That's a good way to look at it. If mm. you know, uh, And uh, I've never had queer used at me as a slur. I've had gay used at me as a slur. I've had sissy, pondan, the usual. But queer has never been used as a slur towards me. So it feels very healthy and positive. Mm. Well, I mean, you've got shows, TV shows called like Queer Eye for the Straight Guy kind true. of thing. And, yeah. you know, it always looks like being queer is like, ooh, all right, it's all fun and dandy. But mm-hmm. I suppose you're right over there. But like prior to making this decision, what mm-hmm. was the main reason though? To choosing queer? Yeah. Um, I think it was because to choosing to identify, to yeah, identify, to identify queer. Yourself okay, so as I came out as gay. That was that's how I identified initially. Uh, I came out to my parents as gay. I came out to everybody else as gay, and um, eventually it came to a point where I started questioning my gender identity and who I was as a guy, uh, what that meant, my dressing sense, how I expressed myself, things like that. And queer felt a little bit more accepting. Mm. Like gay kind of felt like I was confining myself into a box and saying, I'm a guy attracted to men, that's it. Mm-hmm. Whereas queer allows me like, you know, if I want to do drag one day, I can go do drag. Because queer allows me that option. Was it very confusing for you when you were growing up? Oh, definitely. It was completely confusing growing up. Were you growing up in Malaysia? Yes, I did. I grew up here. And when did you start realize that you were different from other little boys that were growing up around you? I think the consciousness came when I was about 12. Um, I remember going to a school prom and uh, I'm the 12-year-old kid who has an arch nemesis. Uh, the guy who you, know, who you compete I with. I still have like, one. You so still have one? Fine. Oh my God. Okay. Hey, Diana, what's so, up? <laughs> <laughs> She's in the room. Wow. That's a lie. Keep your friends close. Keep your enemies in the same oh, studio. Bite yeah, me, Kevin. Yeah. Bite me. <laughs> I, I think he's just waiting to do that, but okay. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm the kind of person who had like an arch nemesis. So we competed on everything. Sports, um, education, grade, even performing. And uh, the weirdest thing happened to me So we went to prom together Like a huge bunch of us And that night I had a wet dream about him Oh I had a wet dream about him And I woke up And I was kind of like 
this is really confusing huh. because it but it felt really good right the dream because it, i i don't think there was anything sexual in the dream you're 12 30 and i don't think i would reach that level mm-hmm. but i had this moment where i thought i dreamt of us being in a relationship or something like that and i woke up and i was just like i felt like a loss like he's not here huh. okay I don't have that relationship anymore that whatever I dreamt of that boyfriend that relationship that part of me is missing now. So I woke up in like this the straight world again and it's kind of like this feels really weird. So that was what made you think hey, that was maybe when I'm like not. hmm yeah. Did you do anything about it after no, that? No, I mean at the age uh, of 12 though. I, no, I don't at, know. At 12 like I had already seen porn. Mm-hmm. Uh the thing was that so at, I think you learn about sex in when you're 11. I think primary five. I'm not sure where it is now, <laughs> but when when I was growing up, you learned about sex when you were 11. So the the science teacher walked into class and she was like, "Okay, today we're going to talk about sex." Uh-huh. And the whole class went, "Ew!" And I remember joining in. And, and you my, were like, "Yeah." <laughs> I wish. No, my reaction was "Ew!" along with everybody else, but I didn't know what sex was. I see. So then I remember googling, and now if you Google sex, you get Wikipedia articles. Mm-hmm. Then if you Google sex, you find porn, mm-hmm. right. and that led me down like this black hole of gay porn, and I'm suddenly like. I didn't know this world existed. Now you are obviously very excitable. I, I and I love that energy about you. But uh, one question before we go on a break sure. would be: uh, What was it like growing up, being so confused? Were you bullied in primary school or high school or in college? Did you encounter anybody who was disagreeable to what you were feeling at that time? Sure. Um, the most obvious time would have happened when I was 15. Um, I remember going around in school and things like that, and suddenly the popular gang decided to like gang up on me and start calling me the gay Indian. And um, that I just kn- sounds like Chindian. I know, right? I the Chindian. But like, there's a gay Indian. <laughs> Not to make Indian. fun of this, but yeah, but you know, yeah. So they called me. They started calling me gay Indian, and I was very confused because in my head it wasn't so much of am I gay. The thought was. How did they know? Ah. It was legit. How did they know? How did my authentic self, my truthfulness, how was it so obvious to everybody else but me? Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, I was hiding it really well. Mm. And that was the thought process that happened. And so when they were calling me gay Indian, gay Indian, it didn't affect me so much. It just made me question myself even more. That's that's never a nice feeling to feel at all. I mean, mm. the fact of the matter is, you consciously knew that you were trying to hide it from people, yeah. and they could still see that. Yeah. But, and I think the mentality that we hope that would happen in the future is that people know what they are, and even if they were to express themselves, people will be ex- they will accept you for who you are and whatever it is that you do. So we are going to talk more about you know the bullying experience and how that relates to the show that's coming up on October second. November. 2nd. Oh, sorry, November second. Sorry, and um, we'll be right back. This is True Me. You're back on True Me with Kevin, Diana, and Dinesha talking about growing up as a queer boy and being called out by classmates. Now you were confused at that time as to how they found out, but when was the time when you realized that you had to deal with? Coming out hmm. to your your friends and your close family members. I think the conversation started about sixteen, seventeen. Um, it wasn't so much coming out. It was I was slowly starting to talk to people who I identified as either safe spaces, which means I knew they weren't gonna like judge me for it, or th- I knew they were gay themselves oh. or queer themselves. And it was like this. This was before Grinder and all that. This was you used gaydar, and it was like okay, so that person's clearly gay. Mm-hmm. Gaydar is in the application. Yeah. No, oh, grinder is in the application. Gator okay. is in the head. I don't use any of them. I'm like a dinosaur gay, but 
how old are you now? Just I, so that I'm, we can have a yeah, time so I'm, frame. I'm 26. You're 26. Yes, it's so, been 10 years since I started that journey of like. Hey, 10 years ago, people are already quite open minded already. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. But Tell it, us about this that. was not public conversations. Like. Mm-hmm. This was conversations with like, you know, people who were my age, maybe one year younger. It, w- it wasn't even like obvious gay conversations. It was sort of like. Hey, so you know that guy is really cute, right? And then like these two boys, so they will just start talking. Uh-huh. It wasn't like I'm gay, you're gay. Let's have this conversation. Yeah. It was very discreet, kind of like it just organically, organically <laughs> happened. happened. Yeah. Yeah. So then I spoke to some female friends and said I'm very confused about who I was. Um, and then when I turned 18, and you know that comes with the freedom of you know being in college, sexual adventures, and all of that sort of thing. Uh, that's when I sort of like Came into a bit more Of understanding of who I was mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, Then I slowly started Coming out to like Close friends um, But I always Gauged who they were first mm-hmm. And asked questions See who they were And then it After that Once I opened that first door It was just like I started opening all the doors lah, Okay and Did came you out- Have any bad experiences Throughout the last Decade Of you You know Since realizing who you are To becoming What you are today so when I did, when I came out to my parents, I came out through email uh, because that was the easiest way for me to communicate with them. So I came out to my parents via so email. You're like, hey, you asked me to book your flight, so here are your flight reference numbers. <laughs> it was a I lot more dramatic, okay. oh, which yeah. is interesting because a lot of my coming out experiences of who I was as a person is part of the play. Okay. That is opening uh, okay. this week, the second of November. It's so a lot of my truth is in that play, uh-huh. and with what I experienced with coming out and things like that, and okay. uh, what how my parents reacted. Because sometimes we don't realize that our parents are some of our times our biggest bullies mm. with the things they say. It, it doesn't even have to be obvious. It could just be a single statement that yeah. they can tell us, and you're like you're crushed as a child. Yeah, you know things like that. And so that same year, I did a coming out video because India actually uh, delegalized their homosexuality act. The Sodomy Act mm-hmm. And I felt I needed to stand up And say something So mm-hmm. I did a coming out video And that became a huge thing Because every single family member saw it And So it was really weird Because one half of the family Kind of like came out in support And was like Started talking to my parents And having this conversation Like you know Is everything okay Maybe he should leave the country Maybe oh. he's got better opportunities overseas mm. The other half never mentioned it Until we had a Deepawali thing And one of these uncles got drunk And he got drunk And he came out to me And he went how dare you put up such a video? Wow. And I'm like, that's a bit rich coming from you considering your own brother is gay. But um, Does he know though? I believe so. His brothers brought his the boyfriend to family events. Maybe because I, I feel like after a certain age, just become business partners. <laughs> <laughs> that's a what friend, I plan to do for friend, my parents. <laughs> friend in quotation marks. Yeah. yeah. So wh- how did that conversation go? So he was drunk. So I kind of, I just brushed it off and mm. just like, but my parents freaked out because they saw it happen. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, what did he say? And I'm like, he's drunk. Just ignore him. He probably wouldn't remember it in the morning. He does yeah. all this shit all the time when he's drunk. Right. So it was very interesting because the one half that I thought was going to respond positively shut up about it the right. other half that was i thought like the traditional kind came out in support right which really confused me because i'm like huh i was not expecting yeah. that we're happy that people came out to support you mm. obviously some people are not going to be always agreeable to every life choice or even your own identity that you True. discover True. but as long as you're okay with it yeah. And I think it's wonderful That we have him in the studio Because he is so much younger than we are You're like two decades younger Than both of us <laughs> And um, Well thanks really a lot don't. For revealing mm. this okay. And, 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 <laughs> and you, you know You've got a young person Who's woke In the sense that He is able to come out uh, Early He's able to do Social videos When the time calls for it yeah. Because 
I don't think I could have done that in my high school. Yeah, that's very true. Mm. I mean, it's always great to have perspective from all sorts of people. Um, but let's talk about your play, and mm-hmm. because you mentioned that this, yeah. it's about your life basically. Yeah. What's it called? It's called Silk and Strings: The Truth of Bullying. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's it's not so much about my life per se, but a lot of my truths and a lot of my stories have bled into it because this is my first play. Mm. It's the first time I'm writing a feature length production, so a lot of my truth has bled into it. And what's really interesting about this particular play is that the auditionees and the cast members actually helped to write it. Mm. Because what happened is when they were called in for audition, we didn't tell them what the play was about. Only when they got in on that day did we tell them, okay, so this play is about bullying. We want you to tell us your bullying stories. So we got them to tell us how they've been bullied or where they were bullies themselves. And then these characters came to life. Mm. These eight separate characters who have their own histories and their lives. When They're all from different age groups. So we've got mm. everything from a 16-year-old student to someone who is in her, what, she's in her 30s with a 19-year-old son. Mm-hmm. So, and that's basically the idea. And we cover all kinds of bullying. Religious bullying, cyber bullying, school bullying, how teachers are bullies, parents as bullies. We even cover things like suicide and mental health and depression and things like that. So from what we learn as well that you have affiliated yourselves and you've somewhat collaborated with the Befrienders, mm-hmm. is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So what is this agreement that you have with each other? Okay, so, so when, the, when we contacted the Befrienders, the idea was always to raise awareness to the fact that there is a suicide hotline. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think that to call this Befrienders hotline, you have to reach like this really, really low point of desperation. You're at the edge of the cliff, you're calling them. Well, a lot of people actually don't do that. When you're at the edge of the cliff, you are going to jump. Mm-hmm. The people who call Befrienders are people way before that. They need someone to talk to. They need someone to speak to. They just want that space. So when we spoke to Befrienders, the idea was always we wanted to raise money for them. So a portion of the ticket sales actually goes to Befrienders. Oh. But we are also raising awareness for them to help people realize that there is a hotline that you can actually reach out to for free. It's yeah. 24-7. If you're struggling mentally, uh, depression, suicide, anything at all. Which is why uh, in the play, the person who calls the befrienders is not someone who's depressed. Mm. It's not someone who has a mental health issue. It's someone who just needs help. And so we had to make conscious choices like that and decide, what is the story we're telling? What kind of stories are we bringing to life? What kind of stories are we telling? And we consciously chose to tell stories of people from different backgrounds and what happens to them. And all these stories would have to do with bullying. Yes, yes? correct. There is a bullying trend in all of it. Okay. And uh, how can people find out more about this wonderful production? Sure. Uh, So you could find us on Facebook. There's a Facebook event, Silk and Strings, The Truth of Bullying. Or you could head straight to the PTIX website where you can get tickets, silkandstrings.ptix.com, P-E-A-T-I-X.com. Or you could search for I-M Entertainment, I-apostrophe-M Entertainment. That is a production company. Okay, okay. Where is it going to be? It's going to be at 2022, which is near Klanajaya. Uh huh, and I hope you're excited for it. I am. It sounds like you guys are working really hard to bring this to light. That is true. It's really, really. Why cool. do you think this is an important thing right now in our country? Um. So when we started doing the research about the play, uh, one of the really horrifying statistics that I found was that in two zero zero seven, seven in two zero zero seven, okay, ten years ago, um, seven Malaysians attempted to take their life every day. Mm. This is in two zero zero seven. It's been ten years. I'm pretty sure the statistics are a lot higher now. Mm-hmm. And we don't talk about these things, bullying, mental health, depression, until someone dies. Mm. Someone has to die and then we have a conversation about it and then it goes off. Someone dies, we have a conversation about it, it goes off. And so we want to tell stories of people 
who haven't died. But we also want to tell these stories of people who are going through these things and help audience come in and go, hey, I relate to that character. I know what that person's talking about. I've been there. I know what it's all about. And that's the story we're trying to tell. Sometimes uh, for people who are just coming into terms with their sexuality, it can be very challenging to be in a social environment where people are not supportive of you. So whether they are quietly bullying you for not standing up for you, or perhaps they're actively verbally abusing you, it makes you feel very, very bad. And obviously, uh, I think we're going to have a conversation with a doctor in a couple of weeks as well, Diana, mm, yeah. to talk about this in a, uh, in a more in-depth manner. Nice. But uh, this is something that happens at every age, even back in... I'm not sure uh, if it happened in your high school. Were there a lot of people being bullied in your high school? Oh, yeah, I was one of them. Oh, you were a bully? No, I, I was <laughs> the one that was being bullied. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then that was... It had nothing to do with sexuality sure. or anything at all. It mm-hmm. was more of language. But it's mm-hmm. just a very prevalent matter. Mm, yeah. It happens to... You know, it's it's never a nice thing to say, like, oh, it happens. And I'm, I'm not saying it like, oh, you know, you got bullied, I got bullied. It happens. It mm-hmm. is a serious matter it's something that we should curb and if anyone needs to reach out to people we've got you know platforms like the befrienders Mm -hmm. you have their phone number don't you yes all right so the befrienders kl's number is zero three seven nine five six eight one four five all right can you repeat that all right zero three seven nine five six eight one four five so yeah. Silk and Strings The Truth of Bullying Coming out November 2nd And that's going to be Something really exciting That we would love To be able to see They are focusing A lot of bullying In different perspectives As a bullier And the person yeah. Who is being bullied as well So Kevin and I Will be sure to check it out But Dinesha Unfortunately We have run out of time But we would love To have you again soon Then we can maybe Talk about What you guys Have managed to accomplish Like you know what, How to counter bullies Yes yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So thank you so much one more time. And uh, if you want to catch us again for any other shows, hit us up at trueme.com.my. Otherwise, find us on Instagram at Mr. Kevin Chong and Hey Diana. We'll talk to you again next week. Bye bye. See ya.